It's recording. Supposedly it's recording. Okay. <laughs> Here we are at the Cuz I Have To podcast. What episode is this? 32. Lucky number 32. <laughs> are we live? Is this live? Is this real? Yeah, this is, this is thing happening. On? Yeah. Our next guest is, well, I'm just going to call him the lover of everything. It is Spencer Kent. He is the guitarist in Jason's band, Rival Tides. But if you follow him on Instagram at Spencer Kent, you will basically be like, this guy lives the best life in the entire world. Pretty much. And we're going to find out more about that coming up next. Welcome to the Cuz I Have To podcast, where living your dream is the only option. I'm your host, Julie Slater. And I'm Jason Friday. And we've been scouring the earth for people living their dharma so we can share their stories with you. And hopefully we help you find your dharma. Let's do it. <laughs> oh, welcome to the program. Thank you for having me. It's amazing that you could take time away from everything that you do, as you are the lover of everything, to be on our program. Yeah, you know, it's it was uh, I had to really clear out my schedule. I had a very busy day of uh, sitting at a table and then sitting on my patio. <laughs> that sounds just fantastic. That sounds crazy. <laughs> Slow down. <laughs> Slow down, buckaroo. Yeah, I, um, I even left the house to get coffee. It was it was incredible. Uh, <laughs> that is incredible. Well, let me first, uh, for those who don't know who you are, uh, Spencer Kent has spent the last 11 plus years running a successful digital marketing company in Los Angeles, where he gets to work with incredible companies ranging from legacy beauty brands to international luxury hotels. What he lives for, however, I don't know if I should get into this, but maybe we, we just ask you, are the moments <laughs> that occur outside of work. Weird. And I'm going to just keep reading this since you wrote this so fantastically, where he has an insatiable need to consume creativity, whether it be via the hands of a master chef, the film catalog of a foreign auteur, did I say that right? An endless so. pile of books or anything that requires a roaring crowd. Outside of that, he is legally obligated to tell you he loves his wife and cat. It's from the it's from the lawyers. It's from the lawyers. <laughs> <laughs> the lawyers put that together for yeah. him. The insatiable. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Sometimes Spencer seems lagged, but maybe this is like interviewing my two brothers. In the beginning, it seemed very laggy. Yeah. It does is, seem it laggy? Laggy. is it laggy because of technology or do I, am I, do I just have a naturally delayed response? I'm, I'm assuming I thought with my brothers, I thought it was them. So I'm assuming it's you. <laughs> <laughs> it's me. It's always me. <laughs> it does seem a little laggy, but but technical wise software wise yeah but it's not the end of the world I, it does come and go this yeah. is exciting because because as you know i i am a somewhat regular listener of your podcast and to hear you talk about all the technical difficulties i'm finally getting to kind of experience that <laughs> firsthand <laughs> yeah. so it's like yeah we're this is what we're gonna it. get people. We're gonna get people to pay for this, like be Patreons, so that they can like just see the technical difficulties. We're gonna have a whole yeah. like 
technical <laughs> difficulties hour every week. You too can uh, yeah. experience the real life difficulties it. of a podcast. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that's the Cuz I Have To podcast for you, folks. You make right. me better. All my hearts and all my... Okay, okay so we were talking about how um, you love the podcast. And, I do. Oh, I called you our sleeper podcast fan yeah, because i was like right. wow that's actually yeah, a little I listened, surprising I listened to that episode this morning oh <laughs> catching up a little nice. late are you uh that's been out uh, since yeah, tuesday um <laughs> tuesday <laughs> no it was it was like it was uh i was listening to it and then you started talking about me and then jason was like hi spencer and i literally like hi <laughs> That's fine. Hi, Spencer. Hi. Oh, hi. Hi. How did he know I was here? I'm here. It's very strange being being talked about on a podcast that you're listening to, but you it was recorded long before you were listening to it. I feel like I'm listening to like like a time machine or something like that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like it's it's the podcast time capsule. I think we should have right. like a segment where <laughs> turn it into something. <laughs> so one of the reasons, uh, as I was saying that we have you on is you really do like I call you the lover of everything you to me well and you tell me how much you want to talk about any of this stuff that sure in some ways like you just find everything in life that like you find joy and you go and you get it but I would also say you're also very it's probably why we all love Radiohead you're very moody and uh, moody and not moody like your emotions, your emotions are, you know, you're yeah, not yeah, always yeah. the happiest go lucky guy. As I joked once on Twitter, I know how the Dodgers are doing because you literally post, I'm going to kill myself tonight. <laughs> <laughs> if they're losing. Oh, shit. Yeah. You know, um, I have, I have a, 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 I definitely won't get into this on the podcast, but I have a very, very high profile client now. Who follows me on a bunch of social media? So I've made sure not to say things like "I'm going to kill myself." <laughs> I mean, that's probably good. That's probably good. <laughs> because yeah, that's, that might that might be a positive point. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I should stop, uh, you know, just saying whatever I feel like on social media. You know, it's really funny because I work. I, I obviously I work in in digital and I work in social media, but I do not treat my own social media, at least on like Twitter. Like I would ever run a client social media on Twitter. I'm just completely hard on my sleeve. Like whatever, I'll say whatever. I don't Isn't care. Isn't that funny though? Me. Yeah, it's super. <laughs> and, I, and I feel like people, people that follow. You don't worry about a brand? Nah, I don't really brand myself on social. Funny enough. The only thing that I really do is is my food on my Instagram. And I mean, but that's, uh, you know, I being a food lover, Julie, too, I, I enjoy that, though. Like, I, you know, if you're gone on a trip and I'm like, where's this fucking post of these foods? Yeah. Hello. I asked for that immediately. The second you got there. <laughs> gone on a like trip. That, that, I just want know. to see what he eats for breakfast every day. Yeah, exactly. Like the bottles of wine he got in Mexico. Like, are you kidding me? That looked insane. No, I, I definitely realize that I have I have at least on Instagram personally branded myself as the food guy because and I and I told you this um, a few days ago it was my birthday last week and everybody like I would say like sixty percent of the birthday messages ended with eat a lot of good stuff tonight <laughs> I was like okay that would be <laughs> weird for a lot of people <laughs> but uh, yeah I I uh, I am definitely an emotional person I definitely struggle with um, I suppose you could call it you know 
mental illness in a, in a not you know not in a debilitating way, but in a way that sometimes feels debilitating. That I don't know if that makes sense, mm. but I'm sure that people who who suffer from the same kind of thing get what I'm trying to say with that. But I yeah. feel like uh, maybe like you're so passionate about things that that's why maybe you have more highs and lows, like. Because you're just so, I mean, you are such a diehard sports fan. You're such a diehard food yeah, person, a diehard like, exactly. blues person. Yeah. That comes right, with yeah. highs and lows, right? Ex- yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm also a, a diehard depressive. <laughs> <laughs> We're like, that's I'm hilarious. Also, uh, yeah, that, oh, you're a depressive. Oh, holy shit. <laughs> Oh my god! But I mean, I think I think that sh- that shows something, though. I I really do. Like you're, yeah, you're a diehard depressive, but you're a diehard everything. So whatever yes. it consists of, that is all there, full throttle, full. That's I don't know. I think that's in funny way that becomes a positive and overpowers everything that's negative. Yeah, it's for better or worse. It gets that right. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, for, if, right. Yeah, simple as that. You're all in. Shit. You're all in. All or nothing. Isn't there a record? What record is that? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know either. Oh, hold on. What I gotta I just... drink my drink. You gotta drink a beer? Yeah. I know. Uh, yeah. So everybody drink knows break. we are all enjoying a drink. Uh, yep, I'm having don't... a delicious um, Abita Purple Haze, which is one of my favorites. It's a little ra- like a little hint of raspberry. What do you got over I there, Spencer? Haze. I love I love I love Abita and I love that you're drinking it because that, as you know, is a New Orleans brewery. I guess that's a really yep. good segue to another thing that I'm kind of obsessive about um, is is travel. You know what? Okay, if you were to ask me what jump started my love and my obsession with seeking out food and fine dining and just making sure I'm hitting as many places as possible. I think what I think I've always had a little bit of that in me and it's grown over the years, but a few years ago, Des, my wife and I went to we went to Paris as part of a trip to Europe with uh, we went to Amsterdam, we went to 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 Bruges, we went to Brussels, oh, yeah, we went yeah, to, I to, to Paris. And I did so much research and I'm like we're only here for X amount of days. I want to make sure that every place that we go to is 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 memorable is great and i and i do that on a lot of trips that i go on i like even the first time that we went to new orleans and we go there you know every year it's my favorite place even the very first time i did just endless hours of research to to be like all right i've been wanting to go here forever i'm gonna hit everything that i can you know then i'd come home and you know eat zanku chicken four times a week uh <laughs> or flame broiler or something like that <laughs> and uh and then or when Dave's i was hot chicken <laughs> or, well or day would i still do i Shout out Dave's Hot Chicken. Uh, now Drake yeah. approved. <laughs> um, but when I was in when I was in Paris and I got back, I was like, why can't I apply this same lust for seeking out the? Why can't I? Why can't I approach Los Angeles if, as if I'm eternally on a trip here? And that's what kind of jump started me a, f- a few years ago into really becoming obsessive about fine dining, uh, as well as just seeking out, um, hidden gems, you know, dives, yeah, it's not just about thing. food, right? It's not right. just about like you food. go to yeah, movies but, and art things. Yeah. I've always, I've always had a love for that stuff. It's just, I guess over the last few years, it just, every year it tends to grow at a higher clip on which I become more and more 
like I'll put it this way, like Letterbox, the the film lovers app is like one of my home screen apps. It's like that's how often I use that app. It's like right next to Twitter and Instagram. I look every morning and see like, all right, what are my friends watching? What haven't I seen? What do I have to add to my list? And and then I try and check off as many things as possible. Yeah, I was going to yeah. ask what sites like uh, what are your favorites to tell you like there's what is it? Thrillist. There's a bunch of things. What tells you what's happening in L.A.? Because I think a lot of people want to know they're just lazy and don't know where to even seek it out. Yeah, that's very true. Which would be us. I follow a lot of food accounts on Instagram, like people who are kind of like-minded that are obsessive. Um, and, you know, I follow a lot of chefs, too, and chefs tend to do the same thing to where they – they're seeking out their peers and they want to get inspired. So they're going to all the new places in town. And so that's what I do for that. And as far as Twitter goes, I think that's where I follow a lot of film people. That and Letterboxd is where I, I, I get inspired to watch something I've never heard before. I mean, I, I I've, have more, more than a few times blindly bought a Blu-ray on Amazon of a movie I've never heard of until like five minutes before because someone was like, this is amazing and it's not streaming anywhere. I was like, fuck it, I'll buy it. Done. We'll be here the next day. <laughs> yeah right <laughs> i love it that's amazing yeah seriously so what did you end um, up why don't you uh dive everyone into you just had a birthday you did some pretty amazing food things didn't you i did yeah um there was two spots on my list that i've been wanting to try for quite some time uh one of them in los angeles the other in san diego the los angeles one was a italian restaurant uh uh in venice called ospi um, and it's like, it's the kind of thing where I know about it because I just see it constantly from all like the foodie people on Instagram. Everyone keeps hitting it. Everyone keeps saying, oh my God, you have to come here. I mean, these people are going there twice a month. It, like people are obsessed with it. And I was like, okay, I have to go there. Um, wow. So yeah, yeah. I mean, and it's, it, you know, it, um, it, a, a lot, a lot of it lived up to the hype. Um, there was some pork short rib pasta that was, that I would consider, like top 10 LA pasta dish now it's just fantastic like like make you close your eyes and go oh my god come on. <laughs> stupid good um yeah yeah and uh uh the second place that I went to uh I've been wanting to go for for years it's this um steakhouse in San Diego called Born and Raised um, I mean, the, the, the architecture alone of this place is just incredible. It, the, the upstairs has this insane floral arrangement uh, around the beams. Um, it looks very like, um, I wouldn't say steampunk, but very like gilded, you know? And then the inside, the downstairs oh, yeah, of yeah. the restaurant feels like you're literally in like the Titanic. It's just, it, it's, it's like very great Gatsby, insane gold everywhere like insane embellishments in the architecture yeah. all the all the waiters are wearing tuxedos um and it like the food is just the food is just as good it was the the best meal i've ever had in san diego bar none yeah it i mean the food the pictures looked amazing but like you were saying the architecture totally great gatsby like titanic just such a cool unique one-of-a-kind crazy vintage look <laughs> you're like what what is this place did you post yeah, pictures on instagram uh i didn't yeah, post did. pictures yeah, of, the, of, the ins of the inside on instagram but just the i posted some pictures of food it might oh. not even be up because it was on stories but 
if you look up if you look up born and raised you'll definitely find it um but like no it's funny they sat they sat us up upstairs and we, we and it, first of all it was cold and we we're upstairs and like i had a jacket on and we were both like i don't know if i could sit here for two hours and also it just it just didn't have the vibe like downstairs did so we sat down and we're like you know would it be possible to sit seat downstairs and they're like yeah that's fine and uh, I would advise, and I, I know the upstairs gets a lot of love because it's got a great view of San Diego. But I, I think the real, the real charm of that restaurant is downstairs. Yeah, that's my story. Yeah, no, we're just oh. hearing some no, weird no, no. noise. No, I heard like a. <laughs> <laughs> Do you still hear it? No, I don't hear it now, but I did hear it. Oh, that's it cool. I did hear his phone vibrating, vibrating but it yeah. wasn't yeah. that. Here, I'm, I'm oh, funny. That's... that's no more bothering. That's great. That's great. Okay. That's great. <laughs> Okay. Uh, were you going to say some Sweets McGeats? You talking to me? My Sweets McGeats? <laughs> <laughs> Both of you. Sweets McGeats. Uh, so it's funny to me that you love New Orleans. Like you said, it's your favorite city. Uh, I guess my first question is, why not live in New Orleans then? You love I so would. Much. In a heartbeat. Oh, just so it can't uh, work out. My wife would not. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, to me, yeah, New Orleans is a little like Vegas to me. No, New Orleans is better than Vegas, but I feel like yeah, after three days, say, I'm like, this is so, I, you know, this is super cool. I don't know that I could live there. It's to, and yeah. plus I with the humidity. That, I think and all that New Orleans gets gets that bad rap, Vegas, because of Bourbon Street. But I would advise anybody that goes to New Orleans is you actually never need to go to Bourbon Street if you walk from from one end to the other one time. That's that's all you need Go for the rest of your shop. life, just just to see. It. Yeah, yeah, voodoo shops are fun. <laughs> but New Orleans has so much culture and charm, and it's it's such an interesting part of of America. It's just so extraordinarily different than any other American city. Um, and when you venture outside the French Quarter and you go down like Magazine Street or in the Garden District or the Metairie or anything like that, then then you get like that really 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 like laid back chill southern vibe and and people are really really friendly and great there when they're not killing each other and what's yeah. your favorite <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> what's speaking of killing each other what's your favorite thing about los angeles <laughs> um <laughs> i think that my favorite thing about los angeles is i think that the food scene here rivals any city in the world uh, especially right now um and also uh the dodgers <laughs> yeah you've been to a couple of dodger games right since yeah. since the yeah. pandemic i've been to i've been to four i've been to three here and one in san diego oh wow i didn't yeah. realize that what about oh you guys need to talk about rival tides so you guys are in rival tides Who? jason I'm plays bass yes. spencer is the guitarist the guitarist uh, you wanted yeah. to share uh what is your favorite rival tides song I think that my favorite Rival Tide song is a song called These Hands Were Made for Love uh, because um, I really, really enjoy the the dynamics of the song. It's a lot different than a lot of the stuff we've written before. It's a little bit more positive, upbeat, poppy, and uh, I'm really proud of the guitar work that I wrote for it. It's a good song. I enjoy it. Yeah, it is a good song. I let's love play, it. Let's play a little piece of that right here.
What song did I pick? Well, I like the Rival Tide's more sensitive music. And so is it called Dark Cloud? On the on the old record? Oh. I'm telling these boys. I mean <laughs> I thought I picked something off the new record. Oh, Seconds. Seconds is a sensitive song. Yeah, yeah I like the song cool. Seconds. I'm going to play a little clip from that too. What's the latest with you guys? What's the latest with you guys? I know you guys just had a show. Uh, you've been writing some songs. Jason said you guys wrote a song last week. Yeah. Or started to. Yeah, yeah. We we had a we had a live stream. It was it was fun. It was fun just to get together with the guys and play stuff again. Um, we've been writing a few songs. You know, I mean, you know, going back to what Jason said in the podcast, we we had a couple of writing sessions. The first two, we just felt like, man, this is hard. We used to write music, and uh, and now <laughs> we had, we had a third writing session, and it just it just happened. You know, sometimes it just happens, and it was the kind of thing where when it happened, it was so relieving, and we felt really, really, really great about it. And we're like, this sounds interesting. This sounds like something we'd listen to. This sounds different than what we've done, but kind of also sounds like it's in our wheelhouse. And it was the kind of thing where we were really eager to listen to it, um, you know, on the drive. At least I was on like the drive home and, and continue to come up with ideas and stuff. So uh, I think we're getting to a groove. Yeah, I totally agree. It was just it was one of those just I don't know. It's like second nature, even though we've been writing songs for years. This one specifically, it's been you know, it's been a long time. It's been a, it's been a couple of years since we've written. Or Has it been a long a time now. since you rock and rolled? We, yes, it has. Um, <laughs> it has been a long time <laughs> since we rock and rolled. Um, That's a good lyric. Yeah, the song that? was just amazing. Like he said, it. <laughs> I just came up with it right on the spot. So you're really excited to get back to. We were we were laughing because we're just like, oh my god, Spencer already has like kind of joking, you know, 14 trips planned. He's going to 17 concerts and 14 sports <laughs> events. What's your next concert? Do you have tickets? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I have actually tickets to a few shows that were postponed from like two years ago from the pandemic. I have tickets to see the stupid Green Day tour with Weezer and Fall Out Boy at Dodger Stadium. <laughs> When's that rescheduled um, for? Uh, I think that's in uh, September now. I'm excited just because, uh, like, like when I was eight years old, I think I was obsessed with Green Day. Uh, my parents wouldn't let me buy the CD, so I went to my friend's house with a cassette tape and taped the whole thing. 
And I remember jamming out on my dad's like tape deck yes. with the speakers blasting. And as soon as Longview came in, everyone got mad at me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's such a classic moment of that song, though. Yeah, here we come. Here comes the part. Here comes the part where they say, fuck. (laughs) But that was like such a celebratory moment. Yeah. Yeah. No, as an eight-year-old, you're just like, oh, my God, they said fuck, and I'm listening to it. (laughs) Did you keep hitting rewind on your tape deck? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I, I would time it so when my dad walked in the room i was like oh i'm really gonna show the old man what's what <laughs> that's funny oh um, you're God. also a really huge like I, as i say you're the lover of everything you're also a huge reader who are your favorite authors um let's see I tend to jump around. I actually just finished a book from one of my favorite nonfiction. I read, I, I mostly read nonfiction, um, but I just finished a, a new book from one of my favorite nonfiction authors. His name's Eric Larson. He did uh, Devil in the White City, which I think is getting made into a movie finally. But he also oh, he wrote nice. a book about the the ambassador of the United States in Germany during like uh, Hitler's rise to power, which was really insane because you know here's a guy who's noticing all the crazy Holy stuff shit. happening in Germany, and like nobody in in the United States is is believing him. They're like, eh, it'll be fine. He's like, oh, I don't think it will. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. It was a crazy book. He and he wrote something about uh, like some submarine battles, but he just wrote a book about Winston Churchill. And to be honest, it was kind of a slog, and it took me a few months to get through, and I didn't really like it. Do, Damn. You, do you ever toss Usually a book read... and say, "No way, I'm not going to finish this"? <laughs> right. Um. Sometimes, like I love uh, a lot of Charles Bukowski's stuff, but I read uh, a short story compilation that he did called. I think it's called Diary of a Dirty Old Man. And I think I got like 30% through it. And I was like, this is terrible. I cannot finish this. And I didn't finish it. <laughs> and then did you feel <laughs> bad about it for like two weeks? <laughs> yeah, right. No, I was, I, was, I was mad. I was just like, who? Fuck this shit. <laughs> <laughs> I was mad. I read Damn 30%. It, Charles, what the hell? <laughs> no, like, I, think, I, I think what I really what what did what didn't work for me is that like a lot of his books are these kind of like drawn out memoirs about periods of time in his life, and this short story book was a kind of about characters, and and the, and the stories are so, the stories are so short that it was just I feel like it was all him trying to be as insane and intense as possible in these short bursts. And it just got kind of exhausting after a while. It never, nothing ever had time to breathe the way that a full book with, with one mm. singular um, character does. Like It's like if you were sipping a, a really nice glass of whiskey and you, and you were enjoying it over the period of, I don't know, 30 minutes, 40 minutes, you, if you had that same glass of whiskey and someone made you take like 20 shots in a row, eventually you're going to get nauseous. And that's kind of what it was like. Yeah. <laughs> you need to be a, a, so... a reviewer. <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> this is garbage. I'm trashing it. Jesus, who thought of doing this? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. 
that's the, you're not wrong though. I think he I think he should be a, a reviewer because I I think the insight would be so truthful and honest, which you know that may not be the case at all times with some people and some sure. things. You know, have you ever thought of being I, a writer? I, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, when I when I was um, when I was a kid, I think probably early adolescence, maybe uh, 12, 13, 14, um, my, the first, the first author I really got into, and I feel like this is a really good gatekeeper for most people is I, I read, I wanted to read everything Stephen King wrote. I wanted to like be Stephen King and I would start writing these short stories and I was like, I'm going to be a horror writer. It's funny. I was just having this conversation with my dad. He's like, do you have any of those, of those short stories that you wrote? Uh, and I don't think that I do. And he's like, they were so violent. I was so scared about you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah Stephen King was his favorite dad <laughs> yeah and I was like I don't know that you needed to be afraid uh maybe you know I think it was more like this is a good outlet for my demons rather than me kind of like acting out my demons. sure yeah, yeah yeah and you could always move to Banger Maine and literally be Stephen King himself <laughs> yeah no, I, I've never been to to Maine or actually anywhere north of New York but I just imagine that I would not enjoy living in a place like Maine forever yeah I, I would agree with that what about all the seafood <laughs> the seafood I'm sure is amazing but, but that's it yeah I don't I'm like what am I like Bubba Gump I, how, how much shrimp can some guy eat <laughs> This next segment, it's five o'clock somewhere. We've been extending this so much. I think we should just start getting into this because it could go long. Uh, It it is five o'clock somewhere where we ask you five quick questions that never end up being quick answers. Questions. But this should be pretty good. Uh, Question number one. There's two bands you get to see for the rest of your life. No one else. Who's the opener and who's the headliner? Oh, this is easy. Well, I, I think as you, as, as, as my friends would probably know, I think that I would see uh, Radiohead and Thrice are my two favorite bands. They're, they're, the, they're the kind of bands that I actively travel for. Um, there, there, there's a few other bands that I do the same for, but I think if, if I had to pick two, it would probably be them. And who's the headliner? Yeah. I think I think even Thrice would agree that there's no way they'd ever headline over Radiohead. <laughs> <laughs> so Thrice, if you're listening, you we love you. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, a, a good thing to elaborate on that is how many times have you seen Thrice? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Probably somewhere around 40. <laughs> See, that's insane. Uh, have you seen Thrice more than Radiohead? No, I would be broke. Uh, what's your favorite? You have a very specific, what's your favorite Radiohead song? Oh, that's hard. Uh, I think I would have to go with with Idiotech. Oh, nice. I thought it was Spinning Plates. No, that's just my... <laughs> or is that just a rare that's just one? My, yeah, that's just my, my bucket list song is, is I want to see... The live version of Spinning Plates, uh, and I never get to, and I, I've, I've tried, multiple times I've gone to- You still to like haven't? Two, two, I never have, no. Like, I, m- multiple times I've gone to like two nights out of a three night uh, uh, stint in LA or whatever, and the first two nights they won't play it, and then the last night, of course, they played it. The same thing happened when, when we were in Madison Square Garden. We went to two nights, and then the night we're like, I'm on the plane watching the set list on Twitter, and they're like, they're playing, spinning plates. And I'm just like, turn the plane around. 
We can still make it. I know, right? The, the best, the oh best thing is God. that Jason's first Radiohead's his first Radiohead show. He texts me. He's like, "Hey, they're playing Spinning Plates," and I'm just like, "We're not friends anymore." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was night one. Yeah, Julie and I saw him at the shrine, and it was like, "Oh, this is Spinning Plates," and you're like, "Son of a bitch!" <laughs> <laughs> like I've never seen them in my life, and they play that song night one. <laughs> oh man! All right, question number sorry. two. You could only take two books with you on a desert island. What are they and why? Okay. I The first one comes easy. The first one is a book called uh, a, Confederacy, a Confederacy of Dunces. And it is the funniest book I've ever read. It's actually one of the only books that I've read multiple times. Um, it was It's one of the catalysts to my love of New Orleans. It takes place there. And it's, it's this insane fantastical story about this like obese I, I guess it was you know I think it's written in like the 60s or 70s he's kind of like like uh, he's really snooty I, I, I'll be hard to call him a hipster because he doesn't really have his finger on the pulse but he thinks that he knows everything better than anyone but he actually knows nothing and um, mm. he's just really he's just really a terrible person it's like you just watch him traverse this this epic journey through new orleans um causing chaos and making an absolute ass of himself um but it is it is absolutely like laugh out loud hysterical and i feel like that's extremely difficult to do with a book but yeah i yeah. I, I i love that book it's 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 wonderful the, the the entire cast of characters are so there's so much life in the writing of this book and it's really sad the uh the author he wrote the book it was his only book well it was he wrote a, he wrote a, a book before it that that didn't ever get published or he never took it anywhere but he wrote this book he was convinced it was brilliant he took it to publishers no one would publish it he was like i think like 31, 32 years old, and he was horribly depressed. For someone to write something so funny, I mean, you know, I mean, I guess that's that that happens pretty frequently. But he was horribly depressed, and he actually yeah. uh, he actually killed himself. He he uh, with like a car exhaust, and his did he get famous mother, after he was dead? Like 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 decades later, like he he tried to publish this in the sixties. Oh my god! Late sixties, maybe early seventies, and I don't think this got published for the first time until mid eighties, maybe. And it won it won the wow. Pulitzer Prize. Um, wow, that's yeah. insane. It's beautiful and sad, Holy. all in the and same No, that's breath. what I mean. Like it's it's yeah, right. It is beautiful and sad at the same time. That's uh, wow, unreal. Yeah, I recommend it to anybody. I feel like everyone should read this book. It's it's there's there there there's no sadness. Did you say the, I mean, the name the of the author? I definitely heard of the book, but I haven't read it. What's the author? His, I believe his name is John Kennedy Tool. John Kennedy Tool. Okay. And, and what's, what's your second what's, book? Uh, uh, let's see, my second book. What would I, what would I take? That's really tough. I don't know. <laughs> I don't really have an answer. I, I, I think, I think, I think it would probably be maybe, maybe Kitchen Confidential from Anthony Bourdain. Uh, just because I love, like, I love reading his voice, and you know he's gone and he can't make. And uh, shit, another guy <laughs> killed himself. That's weird. What does that say about yeah, me? Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. 
Huh. <laughs> what are turned, your favorite two favorite books? Turned into a therapy oh, they killed session. themselves. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. It is a therapy session. Huh. We got a theme here. Um. Yeah, you know, uh, it's like look, look I, I don't often read books again, but um, I feel like I could probably read that book over and over again because it's 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 another piece in the long journey of me following my obsession with food that really made me understand the restaurant world, I guess, in a deeper way for the first time. Yeah. I had never heard of a sous chef before until I read that book. Oh, nice. Okay. Question number three. You have 24 hours left on earth. You're totally healthy, feeling good. You've already said goodbye to everybody you love. What do you do with your time? And you can fly anywhere within seconds. I would fly to Venice and I would have breakfast in Venice and then I would take the train during the afternoon to Florence, have dinner there, and then spend my last night uh, in Florence, in Italy. I would just spend, I would spend the day uh, drinking amazing Italian wine, eating the best food in the world, being in like the most picturesque places on the planet. And uh, I feel like it's a pretty good way to go out. <laughs> I would and agree. you know what? Because I, uh, it's funny that we didn't talk about this, but I, I to, to a fault, I have an obsession with maximizing my time to where like, if I get up uh, on a Saturday morning, I'm like, all right, I'm gonna work out and then I'm gonna make an amazing breakfast and then I'm gonna watch a movie and then I'm gonna read for an hour and then I'm gonna go hang out with a friend and then I'm gonna make this cocktail and then I'm going to go to this concert. And I try to pack my days and like this is part of this is part of my, my lust yeah. for life is like part of the reason that, that I'm like this, I feel, is I, I suppose you would call me agnostic atheist whatever i just i really don't believe in like like an afterlife and so i feel like the purpose of life is to just enjoy as much as possible like really really just like figuratively and literally eat up everything you can that this planet has to offer and so um that obsession turns to like like if if it's like noon and i haven't done anything on a saturday i i get like depressed for real and i was like I've, I've wasted half the day and like sometimes I'll like I'll like sit in that for a little bit and and, and when I should really wow. just do do something and and um, so if I'm yeah. if I'm pa- if I'm packing my days full of all the things that I love and I'm enjoying literature and I'm enjoying food and I'm enjoying booze and I'm enjoying film and I'm reading a book and I'm seeing people and I'm going places I never get that feeling of I'm wasting time I think that there's a lot of of, of my my love of all things kind of stems to where I'm just trying to maximize my time on Earth as much as humanly possible. Um, I so mean, with that's that, with that pretty being, positive. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, with that, with that being said, if I was taking the train to Florence from Venice on my last day on Earth, I would sit on my iPad and watch a classic movie and drink like a cocktail <laughs> on the train ride because I'm not going to waste the two-hour train ride, three-hour train ride, just sitting there. <laughs> right, funny. right. I love that. All right, question anyway. number four. I love it. I love it. Um, what do you hope people see in you? Huh. We're getting um, deep. Hashtag yeah. deep thoughts. <laughs> You know, you know, I mean, how, how deep do you want me to go here? We've got four hours. No, I'm kidding. 
<laughs> we I got think four hours. Music bed's gonna whatever. run out in like two minutes. So go. No. Um, go no, I mean, like, like uh, clearly, I'm someone that that wears my heart on my sleeve, um, and you know, over 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 COVID, there's a lot of a lot of things happen where people go people people have gone through you know myself everybody uh gone through like such a traumatic time and it makes people's kind of um their perspective on life and other people get skewed and through that i've unfortunately um lost a couple of close friendships um over the last year and i really think that it's due to a misconception of me and I, I and I guess that kind of feels I think when I say that it sounds um, I don't know it sounds like there's an ego there but I really feel like like a lot of these 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 friendships ended because there's there's the the lack of of contact because of COVID has made people feel that I feel or I, a certain way, maybe about them, maybe about anything. And I think that it's been misinterpreted and it makes me really sad because it's like all of these, all of these things happened out of nowhere. And so now due to that, I have this kind of self-consciousness of like, that I hadn't really, not that I've, not that I've never had a, a self-consciousness about what people think of, think of me, because I feel like most people are concerned about the way that they're perceived by other people. But I think that particularly now, personally, sure. I have a sort of self-consciousness in a, in a, in a more robust way of like, how am I coming off to people that these people feel like, like I'm a certain way that I'm really not. And so what sure. I hope, what I hope that people feel about me the way that I feel I am is I really like, I really like being around people. I, I am not someone, I, I do things alone and I enjoy doing a lot of things alone, but I am also someone who enjoys having a big group of friends and I enjoy being around people. And when I spend like a weekend hanging out with all my, you know, all the people that I really love, when I get back and it's Monday and I'm kind of waking up and it's just like, I'm, you know, I'm working and I'm like kind of by myself. I, there is definitely a sort uh, a sadness um, there's like a come down. Like I feel like when I'm around people, I get this high. And so I hope that yeah. people perceive me as someone who just really loves his friend and family, like in, in a, in a, in a completely genuine, honest way. And sure. sometimes I feel like maybe I'm not coming off like that because I can be, because of, you know, going back to what we were saying earlier, that, that, that sort of, that, that mental illness ish kind of thing that's going on where I kind of isolate myself. And I feel like, not only when I do that, I'm doing like a disservice to myself, but I'm doing a disservice to other people because I'm putting off this vibe that I don't want to talk to people when uh, I absolutely do. So I hope that people feel that I am loving and caring and someone that they could talk to and someone that they want to be with and hang out with, uh, regardless of whether I give off that vibe. Does that make sense? Yeah. Totally does. Absolutely. No, I, I get, I get that. E shit, man. Even I felt that sometimes. And I like, I'll tell Julian, she's like, are you crazy? What the f <laughs> like, yeah, no, you, you know what? And, and you know, it, right. You know what I'm talking about? That's exactly it. You're just kind of like, what the fuck is happening here? Yeah. <laughs> Misperceiving things and all that. Yeah. 
or it taking is. things it personally the, that is. really aren't personal. That's right. Yeah, ab- absolutely. And I, yeah. I think, you know, it's, it's, it's due to like during, during the last year, so much of our communication has been, has been virtual via Slack or text or, you know, you know, rarely a phone call. And so much of that communication is so easy to misconstrue to where, yeah. you know, before, before that, when you're hanging out with people, you really, you really are able to understand the nuances of communication. And I think that's the crux of these lost friendships is that without that in-person nuance, people think that you're feeling a way that you're not. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. You're, you're totally right. The communication through, like you were saying, text messages, it's so easy to read that as like the most negative thing in the world and you're like whoa what the hell did i do why and it's like no 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 i just said that it's like a ha 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 that was funny and you're like what i didn't get that (laughs) (laughs) there there's a there's a really really brilliant um sketch on uh key and peel that show with jordan peel and um, keegan michael k um where they're texting each other and one of them is just like hey what are you doing and the other guy's like oh nothing and then you go to the other the other guy and he and he's reading it as oh nothing and he's just like <laughs> do you want to hang out and the guy's like yeah we could do that that sounds great and he's reading is like yeah we could do that that sounds great you motherfucker <laughs> and it's like it's like every, like the, like one guy is totally like all his texts are very positive and uplifting and he's just reading into every single one of them and at the end of it he's just like i hate this guy and the other guy's like i can't wait to see that guy you know it's it's really I, right. I, I'm, I'm doing it a horrible disservice but if anyone if anyone looks it up on youtube it's like one of my favorite key and peel uh uh, uh sketches it's, it's yeah, so because it's so real. Yeah, yeah it's so real. It's so, That's it, what makes it. It's hilarious. so real. Like everyone, everyone has been there. You're like, oh my god, I've totally read into something. Like, like, <laughs> like, like asking someone, like, uh, do you want to do this? And you're like, yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Whatever. And the guy reads like, yeah, that's cool. Whatever. (laughs) 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 Okay, we have one more question. Question number five. What is your next great meal? My next great meal. I have planned. So um, before before the pandemic hit, my, my cousin and I, she's someone who really likes, like, she's down to blow some money on some fine dining. And uh, we started we started doing this thing to where we would we every like six weeks we would pick a really like nice restaurant that we hadn't been to and we would try it together and we would just go full throttle all out. And um, our next meal, I think we're going to I can't remember the name of it, but Nancy Silverton, the chef from uh, Moza um, and Kispaka, she has a new steakhouse an Italian steakhouse in Hollywood and it looks fantastic and obviously her pedigree is amazing so I think we're going to I think we're going to give that one a go. That's the next that's the next big meal I have oh, scheduled. Wow, that Yeah, that <laughs> sounds amazing. Oh my god. I'm hungry. I know, right? Yeah, me too. Well, that wraps <laughs> up. It's 5 o'clock somewhere and we're all starving and now we need food. And drinks. Thank you, Spencer and Kent. Drinks. Please, uh, thank you so much for being on the program. Thank you for loving everything. I love everything. Yeah, I love seriously. you guys. <laughs> I love, love you. you. We too. love you. 
And you're always inspiring with all the things you're trying, and you're always inviting us to come along with you. So it's really cool. Check out Spencer Kent on Instagram and Twitter at Spencer Kent. You're lucky you actually got your full name. That's pretty lucky. I had to be like yeah, Julie no, Slater if, DJ. Yeah. <laughs> if you if you follow me on Instagram, you will most likely see a shit ton of food. If you follow me on Twitter, I will be killing myself because the Dodgers are losing. <laughs> Please, Dodgers, do well this year. Please. I know. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for being on. Because I have to. Thank you for having me. Kisses. Welcome to the Afterpod, where we talk about our guests after they leave the room. That's Spencer. He's such a beep. (laughs) Have you ever bleeped him so much? Can you believe that mother beep, 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 beep? I said a beep, 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 beep. I wanted to tell him to go beep, beep, beep. <laughs> uh, the worst part about that interview was now I'm starving. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> At least we that got was, some drinks in. That's right. Yeah, loosened it up. <laughs> chilled it out. And I'm not going to be offended that he just contacted you to go get burgers with an extra ticket he has for something special, and I'm not involved. <laughs> Thanks, Spencer. I know. Spency, we lully, we lully. I know it happens. I'm sorry. I apologize. I do love that he just, he's a go-for-it kind of guy and and is so interested in everything it's almost it's almost exhausting <laughs> it, 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 how many it, things he's interested in right it is because it's it's non-stop he's always on the go in a positive way not like in a crazy i'm losing my shit pulling my hair out 24 7. but he it's also like, spends a lot of time alone like, like right. it's not like he's a busy person who can't be alone he yeah. also can be alone. So it's it's he's he's so complex that Spencer Kent. That's right. He's a solo party and yet he's a party. He's with a party multiple... in a box. That's, That's what right. I'd say. A party in a box. <laughs> or he's a party, party in a to-go cup. You know what? I like that one. That's the best part about New Orleans. What do they call them to-go <laughs> cups or isn't it something else? Yeah. Or maybe it's called go cup. Yeah, it is. Yeah, every day is a party in a to-go cup in New Orleans, in Nolens. Well, let me just share my experience. When I went to Lake Charles, Louisiana, which is not New Orleans, I experienced my first drive-through daiquiri house. (laughs) And you could add as many shots as you want to your enormous, like, 64-ounce cup. And what makes it legal is they put scotch tape over the lid. You know... It doesn't really make sense. Has anyone done a deep dive into what their um, DUI statistics are? Or maybe they don't pull people over. Because I don't, I've been there and you can get an alcoholic drink through a drive-thru, which when I was a teen would have been a dream. Oh, yeah. Um, That doesn't really make sense. Like, why, why is it okay there and nowhere else? Is that, what's happening? I remember it being that the driver can't. You know, partake in that. But everybody else in the par, mm. in the par, in the party of the car can go nuts. It's kind of like a don't ask, don't tell policy in New Orleans. Um, sure, the driver has to grab the drink because he's in the position to get it from the drive through, but he's right. not going to drink it. I don't That's know. Right. It's just weird. I mean, I'm not, I don't, I don't know about the whole drinking and driving, but it is super fun to just walk around with your cup 
and especially when you're on vacation. Oh yeah. And, I mean, I guess you can do that in Vegas too. Or I was going to say it's, it's literally say. just like Vegas, huh? <laughs> I said like Vegas. Vegas. I don't know if anyone's noticed that Jason says his accent is Vegas, and also going on. Tell people you're going to go on T O U R. <laughs> go ahead, tell them. I'm going on tour. <laughs> He's going on tour in Vegas. Tour. I think it's just an L.A. You know. Is that a valley up, thing? It almost sounds valley. Uh, no. I don't I, know what that is. I mean, I didn't live in the valley until I was. A little bit older, so I grew up in Hollywood. I don't know. Yeah. It's an LA thing, Hollywood. Maybe it's an 80s thing, actually, because that was super surfer time. Are you a surfer dude? Well, yeah. I mean, I use the words cool, dude, rad, totally <laughs> bodacious. Are you stoked by any chance? Radical, stoked, right. Yeah, I say all that <laughs> dumb stuff. <laughs> but I love it. <laughs> okay, back to the afterpod, my dear lord. So, um,. Uh, <laughs> What I love about having Spencer on is just the array of living your dharma. It's so many things. It's it's really, I know I'm really tapping into what will make me happy the minute I wake up, you know? Yeah. And usually yeah. that's a large cup of coffee. But um, For me, it's continuing to keep my eyes closed. Oh, to no. keep sleeping. <laughs> <laughs> I wake up and I'm like, oh, I'm so happy. <laughs> <laughs> But I just feel like Spencer really seeks out the joy. And yeah. I, I guess we could all ask ourselves, why don't we all do that more? I love that he was in another city and thought to himself, why don't I do this in L.A.? Because honestly, you know, even yeah. when I lived in New York, there were so many people who hadn't gone to, you know, the Empire State Building or you know, big right. iconic places and it's your own city. You know, it's kind of fun to yeah. be a tourist in your own city to really discover things that are right under your nose. Yeah. But it's a also tourist. fun uh, to be a tourist. <laughs> um, what I love is that Spencer finds, and that's, that's interesting that the best, maybe one of the best ways to do it is to follow certain people on Instagram, but yeah. to find secret, like even today we do this thing, which is actually pretty cool if you live in uh, in LA or OC and you like eating fatty foods there's this thing we may have talked about before it's called off the menu and you pay 20 bucks a month and then every day of the week there's an item you can find for free you just bring the app and but you can only do one a day so like there could be a coffee place that has a special coffee or a taco place that has tacos so every day of the week the only issue is in LA, they're all spread over all over the place, so it may not be yeah. worth you driving 50 minutes it's, to go get tough, your yeah. free taco. Uh, yeah. But it's a really cool, uh, it makes you try new places. The only downside to me is it's not very healthy. It's very fatty, yeah. like it's french fries covered in spaghetti. Um, but it's anyway, unique items that are off the menu, hence the name off the menu, you know, so it's kind of unique so, stuff. Today, Spencer texts you that he had sometimes off the menu does a secret thing, which, by the way, wouldn't he, why didn't he tell us about this when he heard about it? And then he bought tickets for it, and he only bought two. Um, <laughs> so you guys are going to this. a secret thing to get a secret I know, burger. I know. There's something I, special know, about a secret burger. Yeah, yeah. I, well, it's Irv's Burgers, right? 
I've never heard, you ever of, heard of that. No. Exactly. That's how cool it is. I mean, it's even under... when when you and I drive around, I think about what if you just decided I'm going to try every single burger in LA, or what if you decided to try every single taco? That could take like ten years. It could, but that's the thing about nowadays. Is like, remember we used to have our little cooking show and nobody, Sweet nobody really oh, yeah. enjoyed it? By the way, we had a cooking show called Sweet Jams with a Z. And some people liked it, but we were way ahead of our time. And we didn't we continue it. And now so, everybody's like, oh, I cook all the yeah. time. Especially COVID. They're like, oh, by the way, I'm a master chef. Yeah. But not only that, it's like all of a sudden people like food. Where before they were just like, yeah, whatever. You know, but even like, even, even Spencer used to eat like protein bars in the morning and he was like, what the hell? I'm, I like things. Why am I just eating this and settling for that? And then he changed a lot and was like, yo, check out this McMuffin yeah. I just made. That's like a 10 star McMuffin. You know, what's a big thing that we didn't get into with him though is huh. he exercises a lot to balance out. Cause sometimes I look yeah. at his posts and I'm like, how can he not be 800 pounds? with all this food but he balances it with working yeah. out and all that and that is key <laughs> that is key so yeah but also uh, along with his like food love and finding things nowadays there are bloggers and people who go out and seek food yeah. for like their living and I that's know. it that's pretty awesome. and that's like a real thing now where before it was like oh yeah people have been doing that now that's I mean there's some people who did like it, how it is in today. the beginning but yeah yeah now it's there's a nothing, lot of people yeah, it is so insane so one of his favorite food blogger guys literally goes to all these restaurants every single day and it's unbelievable to see that She's a food and that influencer? is a task yeah. yeah but like a real one though he's a dude who's probably like in his 40s he's got like a little bit of a gray beard and he's and he's a genuine real honest guy not like hey guys i'm here with blah and it's like no he's not yeah. an influencer like that he's yeah. like a real right a real food blogger that's pretty so, cool we and, don't know his yeah. name jared does food jared eats something i think he has a podcast too actually what a jerk i follow him because <laughs> of spencer I don't remember his name. Hold on. Uh, just so you know, a little crime update. There's a combative man with off-leash dog in the area. Oh, uh, I do like to do these crime updates. Someone was just robbed at gunpoint um, maybe three blocks from us at about midnight last night. <laughs> That's what a great... <laughs> Isn't that fantastic? Someone was just saying to me, why don't you get rid of those crime apps? on your phone I'm, I'm like don't I want to know that someone was just robbed at gunpoint four blocks from me I mean yeah, yeah. I want to know that actually so that I'm aware of what's happening and like yeah, right now exactly. isn't it good for me to know that there is a combative man with an off-leash dog it's good to know I'll never forget when I used to uh, my old uh, I'm not even going to say career my old uh occupation <laughs> yeah. I was down in uh, it's probably around South Central Watts area and I see this dude on the street <laughs> it's so funny to like think back because it was so insane to drive by watching yeah. this guy had a belt and was like trying to like fence off this crazy dog that was like ah, ah, like totally I mean it looked like it was a movie was he and trying course, to defend himself I mean, 
Yeah, but also he looked insane as much as the dog was insane. Mm. <laughs> and it was a pit bull, right? You know, which are sweet dogs, but maybe in certain areas they're not the sweetest because they weren't raised right and treated correctly for whatever reason or another. But watching this as I'm driving by, I'm like, there's a guy lashing this belt to like <laughs> to, to make this dog back up somehow. So you never saw what happened? No, no, no. I kept going. You know, I'm not going to stop in South Central Watts area. <laughs> Besides, you get between a pit bull wanna... and a crazy man. Yeah. There is a great burger spot down there. BD Burgers, I think it is. It's like on 103rd and Central. Mm. It's delicious. Yeah, it's 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 super good. Okay. So the so food guy's name the food blogger guy. The yeah. food guy's name is Jordan. I was close. Oh. I said Jared. Jordan Okun. Is that his Instagram? He's gotta have yeah. a food name. It says he's a writer slash producer and host of Air Jordan, a food podcast. It's called Air, Air Jordan, Jordan. A food yeah. podcast. That's yeah. interesting. Yeah. So he he like in his stories, Spencer was showing me just last night that he you know, ask ask me a question about restaurants or any answers. So many different random restaurants that people don't even know about. Yeah. And he's and he tells you which item to get at these restaurants. Yeah, that's cool. He, yeah, it really is. It, it's so it's just unique and simple, but yet I don't know, complex and amazing. So yeah, Jordan Akun. Yeah. All right. Well, I think it's time to wrap this. This is supposed to be an oh, afterpod, yeah. not a full podcast. Uh, <laughs> thank you to Spencer Kent for being on the program. Thank, Thank you, you for uh, that burger. Oh wait, I'm not going today. Um, oh my! <laughs> hope you and I hope Spencer, you and Jason enjoy your secret burger. I'll be eating a salad. Okay. Till next time. Love you. Thanks for listening to the Cause I Have To podcast. The best way you can help us is share the show. Tell people about it. Also, subscribe, like, leave us a great review wherever you listen to podcasts. Find us on Instagram at Cause I Have To Podcast and email us, especially if you know someone living their dharma and you think they'd be a great guest on the show. It's Cause I Have To Podcast at Gmail. And oh, we do love those voice messages. You can leave us one at anchor.fm slash Cause I Have To. Keep living those dreams, friends, because you have to. Till next time. <laughs>